Welcome to the Flourish with Neural Retraining podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Lowry, founder of Twin Cities Neural Retraining and a certified MAP method practitioner, specializing in allergies and sensitivities, chronic fatigue, chronic pain, sleep issues, infertility, autoimmunity, and other chronic health conditions. Join me for episode 49, where we talk with my client and fellow nutritional therapy practitioner, Melissa Manning, who is interested in the MAP method to address hypothyroidism. Hear about the benefits she experienced from seven MAP sessions, including emotional, behavioral, and physical shifts, and the improvement of her thyroid function. Melissa mentions Dr. Eric Balkovage, who is very well known for his work with cellular hypothyroidism. His recent book, The Thyroid Debacle, written with Dr. Kelly Halderman, describes the factors contributing to the cell danger response, leading to hypothyroidism. To learn more about this paradigm shift in our understanding of the root causes of hypothyroid conditions and how changing the way your brain responds to experiences can alleviate underlying stressors, Listen to episode 88 of the Thyroid Answers podcast. As always, we must disclaim that the information we share in the podcast is for educational purposes only. As MAP method practitioners, we do not diagnose or treat disease. Instead, we work with the person and the personality to optimize health. We did have some issues with the microphone during this recording, so I do apologize for the sound quality. Now let's get to our conversation and hear from Melissa. So welcome, Melissa. I am so pleased to have you join me to have this conversation about MAP and MAP sessions. We worked together for a few months, starting the end of last year. According to my notes, it was like September of last year until March of this year, over that time, we did seven sessions, and um, so it's been a while, and I'm so happy to have you join me to discuss, you know, what what you felt the benefits were from a set of MAP sessions and what you thought about the experience. So welcome, Melissa. Yeah, thank you. I'm really glad to be talking with you today, Madeline. So maybe we can start with uh, how you heard about the MAP method and why mm-hmm. you decided to try it. Well, um, I heard about the MAP method because I am a fellow uh, nutritional therapy practitioner, and you had posted on our forum that we have something about MAP, and uh, it intrigued me. Um, I had never done anything like MAP or anything, I guess I want to say any kind of intervention for uh my brain. Um, I was working on my own health journey with hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Um, but I had, I had done just about everything else. <laughs> and, you know, I had 
changed my diet. I had uh, tried to mitigate stress. Um, I was exercising. I was doing all the things. And um, I had seen a, a couple of um, doctors. We were traveling around a, a lot at this point in our lives, my husband and I. And so I had uh, been under the care of a couple of, of doctors um, that were, you know, practicing with a holistic mindset. And, you know, they would help me along a little bit. But they, <laughs> looking back, I remembered each one of them kind of looking at me at the end of our sessions saying, I think, I think it has something to do with stress for you. Um, and, and I thought, oh, really? I think I'm just handling things pretty well. <laughs> so about, you know, this time is when I saw uh, your mention of maps. So I joined your Facebook page where you were posting more about maps just so that I could uh, learn a little bit more about it. So, yeah, so you joined my Facebook group, you wanted to learn more about the map method, and then, um, you know, what made you decide to try it? You know, do you recall, um, you know, what it is that made you decide, hmm, maybe this might be the thing that I need that would complement everything else I've done for my thyroid condition, you know, the diet, the supplements, the holistic approach and so forth. I mean, you know, what do you, was there something that tipped you towards? Um, well, you know, I just was following along on your um, Facebook page. And, and I also, one of the practitioners that I had been um, seeing and recommended Bruce Lipton's The Biology of Belief. So I had just read that book. So I was kind of primed, I think, and open uh, to this idea of um, you know, shifting my biology, um, through my mind and, uh, my beliefs. And so, yeah, that's, that's about when I, you know, you're, you started presenting more about math and, you know, I had, um, seen things about things like neurofeedback and EMDR before, but, um, you did, you know, some comparisons and, uh, talked about those things also uh, on the Facebook page. So I thought, you know, I think this is what I need to try. I'm pretty convinced it's, it's uh, a lot of my thought patterns uh, that are kind of holding me back from healing and not just healing, but um, holding me back in other areas of my life uh, and keeping me closed off in certain areas. Uh, where I wanted to be more open and moving forward. So I thought I'm, I'm going to try it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't know if it was going to work, but I thought I'm, I'm going to try it. Yeah. yeah. And my husband was encouraging me to do it too. So, you know. Um, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's great. And I, so you're referring to my Facebook page. It's a Facebook group actually called Mind Remap for Health. Um, which I started around this method called the MAP method of advanced neural retraining. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a mixed group um, in that it is, you know, I created it for my clients and maybe prospective clients to be able to read up more about um, the MAP method and how it's used for chronic health conditions. But also I had a number of 
other certified MAP practitioners that were interested in using the MAP method for chronic health issues. The method itself is, is, was really developed for more psychotherapy types of purposes like anxiety and depression, PTSD, things like that. And there are only a, a, a group subset of us that are trying to use it for chronic health issues. And so I have, you know, they have kind of attracted other MAP method practitioners that are also following that page and contributing to the conversation because we're all trying to sort of monitor, right? Um, you know, what should I be reading? What should I be doing? You know, how should I be uh, what angle should I be taking on these various things? And so, um, so it's, it's kind of both. It's the lay public as well as MAP practitioners. So, so you heard about the MAP method, you read enough that it made you feel like maybe this is something I should try. Do you remember your first session? Um, do you remember coming to the first session? And, and you know, what were you hoping, what were you hoping to address with MAP sessions? And then, you know, what do you remember about that first session, if anything? I didn't have, I would say I came to my first MAP session a little bit unsure of what I wanted to address as far as uh, specific memories or, you know, negative emotions that I felt were holding me back. I didn't have um, a specific trauma that really stood out in my mind. I was kind of trying to think, well, what, what is it exactly? Um, or not that it was just one thing, but what are the things that I need to, to work on? And um, yeah, in fact, you know, I'm the person, if I did the, the adverse uh, childhood experiences, my score is zero, you know? So, um, but I knew, I, I knew there were things. So I, I felt like uh, Madeline, you were helpful in helping me kind of sift through, I, I, I put some ideas out there for you. Like, I think I want to work on this. And we did work on some of the things I, I put out there, but um, you had a really good way of asking me questions and trying to, you know, kind of help me think what, what are the issues that we really need to address here? What are the things that are holding you back? Where, where are the negative responses kind of built up over the years? And so the first session is a shorter session. It's the introductory session. It's a 60 minute session. And what I remember about that, well, for everyone, right? We, we wanna work on an emotional memory. Um, sometimes it's a phobia or sometimes it's like a trigger for anxiety or something, or, or it can be a memory from any point in life that has some intense emotions around it. Because in the first session, you know, we're, we're initiating each of the MAP method. And, we want to take a subject that is something that you that you and I can see the difference in between the beginning and the end of the session, right? So we want to see that the emotional intensity is coming down, is diminishing uh, through the rounds of instruction that are provided in the session. Um, so we picked an emotional topic. Um, it had to do with your husband and his cancer diagnosis. Um, do you want to do you want to talk about that? Do you do you remember um, what happened in that session or how it felt to you? What I remember is I I didn't notice a big shift in the session. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it was like over time, <laughs> and um, that was the first one we worked on. 
But I remember a couple of other things that we worked through in subsequent sessions that had bigger shifts for me. Um, one was uh, a relationship and my, you know, some negative emotions that even though the relationship was in a, in a good place, you know, at that time, there were things from the past that would get uh, triggered and those negative emotions had built up over time. Um, that was one. And then the other big one was um, negative emotions and, and responses that had built up from living in a cross-cultural experience uh, situation. Uh, mine in particular was in the Middle East as a woman uh, for 30 years. So that was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot to work through. Yeah, so those I remember the most because they were long-term um, situations where I had built up a lot of, you know, negative emotions and responses. Yeah. Okay. And what would you say was memorable about the sessions? About the sessions themselves, um, they were very relaxing. Um, I didn't, I didn't, you know, sense any shifts uh, in the moment or any, I didn't have any physical responses in the moment, uh, of the sessions, though I remember feeling very relaxed and cared for, maybe even soothed is a word I would use. Uh, yeah, they felt very healing, even though I didn't feel, uh, big shifts for me. When I would, when I noticed the shifts were when I would come back into those situations that in the past had uh, elicited the the negative responses, and they just weren't weren't there in the same way anymore. So, is there like an example of that that maybe you want to talk about? Um, yeah, there was. Um, I can think of one situation uh, with my husband and um, you know he he said something or did something that in the past would have uh, triggered uh, a, a, a negative uh, feeling about myself and uh, I just I just didn't have it and um, the next day I told him I said you know what that's, you know, that's just okay. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't have a response and I, I feel okay about myself. <laughs> um, and he said, you know, I noticed, I noticed that you didn't respond the way you usually do when I, you know, when I do that or say that. And um, so he, he noted it as well. Yeah. Um, the other situation was, you know, in a cross-cultural context, uh, different anxieties I had, uh, specifically around language and not feeling adequate, uh, not feeling understood or heard because I couldn't communicate fully in a second language the way I wanted to. And um, yeah. I was able to re-engage in 
some of those cross-cultural relationships with women without that feeling of inadequacy, even though, you know, um, practically speaking, I was still somewhat inadequate. <laughs> My language didn't take a huge leap forward, but um, those, those negative feelings of inadequacy and not feeling um, heard, understood, and dissipated. So, uh, you know, the shifts that we look for in a session uh, are mostly around emotional shifts, like the negative emotions around a particular memory or set of memories becomes less intense, you know, from the beginning to the end of the session. And so, you know, that that's not, that's not a huge shift, of course, but it is the, mm, this, it's like the, the sign or the signal that I, I'm observing um, in, in the client to, to have the feeling that we're getting somewhere, that there, there's progress being made, something is changing, right? Um, and, and then as you say, the, the real shift, right? The, the, this, this method would not be very remarkable if all it could do is, is diffuse the negative emotions around a given memory, right? But the point is that when we, when we are giving instructions for the subconscious mind to, um, to start treating those memories and neutralizing the emotions associated with the memory, it is also neutralizing other related memories, emotions, beliefs, and even aspects of the personality, right? Like behaviors that we've developed in response to similar experiences from the past. And that's really where the, the, the changes come, right? Emotionally, mentally, behaviorally, and physically um, in terms of like physical health, physical symptoms, physical patterns. And so, as you say, like the, those kinds of shifts are something that you notice after a session. Some people say it's within days and some people say, no, it takes, a, you know, I notice it in the weeks after. Um, there, there seems to be a kind of integration that has to happen after a session. And then we notice that we just are, our behaviors change, our emotional response has changed, right? Our physiology has changed. Maybe you can talk about that a, a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember, you know, I think I had listened to some of, I can't remember specific podcasts, but you know, maybe I'm just going to have a dramatic shift, you know, the next day or <laughs> the next week. For me, I think it, it was a little bit slower, but I did see it come. Um, when I, I'm trying to think of what month it was, it was this, this summer, um, we were in, my husband and I were in upheaval again because his uh, cancer had returned after a very short remission. And so we made the decision to uh, leave, leave our overseas home and come back to the state. But I uh, was seeing my, uh, my practitioner in Istanbul and I did some blood work for him. And for the first time in, I don't know, maybe three, three years, my thyroid numbers were all in range. 
And this was in the midst of a pretty big up. Um, I thought that was really significant. He was encouraged. You know, they still weren't at an optimal level, but he said, no, look, you, you know, you're all your numbers are in range for the first time. So I was like, wow. <laughs> and this is probably in the middle of, you know, one of the biggest stresses in our life. So um, that was very encouraging to me and, you know, confirmation that, yeah, it didn't happen really quickly, but it was, you know, I was continuing to heal and the physiology was following the, the map sessions and the work that we had done on emotions and other little, other, other little symptoms as well, you know, that we had talked about that I had had. I'm just, you know, those are kind of like the hard data, you know, the blood test, but there were other, there were other symptoms as well that have cleared up. So do you want to talk about some of those? Because um, it, it is, yeah. So really any of the emotional, mental, or physical changes that you noted, I think um, would be interesting to hear about. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that we had talked about was lower back pain. And I won't say that I never experienced any discomfort in my lower back. You know, every once in a while there's some tightness, but I don't have any lower back pain anymore. Um, that was really the only, only other physical thing I can think of, um, emotionally and, um, just, you know, I, I just sense an, an opening, an opening of who I am, um, things that I was kind of had closed off in my life that I just, yeah, wasn't, wasn't open and wasn't free in to express myself or to, you know, communicate with others. I guess openness, that's just, that's one word that I would use to describe how I feel about, about my life now as compared to before the math session. A lot more openness in every area. Mm. You know, one of the things that I remember we did one or, yeah, at least one session on was the perception of your hair falling out. Well, not perception, but I mean, yeah, hair falling out. And it's funny because after we did that session, it was like, I, th I think I did, I did a lot more sessions like that for other people. It's just, you know, it is definitely something that really pushes people's buttons. And um, it's, well, I guess they were all for women now that I think about it, but yeah. It is something that just is really, I think, um, triggering. Uh, and, you know, can, can you talk about that and what you noticed the effects were, if any, from MAP sessions? At the time, I did, it did um, start to flow the hair shedding after the MAP session. However, as we did go, I don't know, that, that seems to be one of the, one of the physical symptoms that came back um, this last summer as we were making this big transition. And um, so I've, I've tried not to be <laughs> stressed about it. Um, and just, yeah, I've been listening to the, the, um, the tape that you made oh. for healing and emotions. Mm -hmm. um, for a while, I hadn't been listening to them very regularly, but I did start listening to them again. And um, 
I don't know, this might not really relate to the, to the map session in particular, but um, I, yeah, I was reading something the other day and I just thought, somebody said that the area that, that is um, that where you're feeling pain or, um, and I thought, well, I'm not really feeling pain, but it's paining me that my hair is falling out. So, you know, just put your hands on it and appreciate that part of your body. And uh, wow, I, I, that, that really touched me. And I did that. And yeah, it, it really felt healing. It really did. And um, it's, it's, it's slowing compared to where it was earlier this summer. But um, it's not something that's completely. <laughs> yeah. The other things I remember you mentioning were um, impacts on your sleep and digestion. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. Thank you for reminding me about that. Yeah. Sleep has been great for the most part. Um, you know, every once in a while, there's we had a little bit of a stressful event a couple of weeks, about a week ago, where we our shipment coming from overseas was just not the shipping company wasn't responding, so we thought it was lost. <laughs> but um, but it, it's found. But anyway, so there, you know. But overall, my sleep has been very good, not disturbed, and also digestion has improved. And that again, that wasn't something that happened quickly. But it's in a place now where it hasn't been as long as I can remember. So um, it's in a good place. Yeah. But it did take, I would say, you know, a few months after I completed the MAP session. And I remember you telling me, you know, sometimes it takes some time for the physiology to catch up with um, the changes in our brain. and. Um, yeah, I have experienced that. Yeah. But I was glad you told me that because I was, you know, kind of expecting it maybe to be more instantaneous or, you know, a couple days later or something. But um, I'm glad you encouraged me to be patient because, yeah, I did see some big shifts in the, both those areas that you just mentioned, the sleep and the digestion. Yeah, so, I mean, the way I see this is like, you know, your practitioners were right. They were picking up on like, maybe there's some stress here. Like, you know, they probably figured out, you know, that you, you take care of yourself very well. You know, you're doing all the right things from that standpoint, but maybe there's some kind of stress here that is resulting in depressed function in the thyroid. And often when we think about stress or when our practitioners tell us, you know, go home and think about, you know, the stressors you have in your life. We think about things like work and finances and interpersonal relationships and things like that. But what we don't often think about is the subconscious sources of stress. And like, you know, you described some of the, you know, the, the habitual ways that you might react to certain kinds of situations where you feel badly about yourself. That's a stress our brain, our limbic brain, the danger sensing part of our brain will react to that just like any other kind of threat out there. And so people who have like a lot of negative thoughts or like negative self-talk patterns, those are stressors and they are not 
what's commonly thought of when we talk about the stress load in our lives, but they are very, they can be very prevalent, right? These habitual ways of thinking or responding that are stressful can permeate every day, you know, of our lives. And so by alleviating these sources of stress, right, the body can start to recover. But of course, there's going to be a delay. It takes time. Like, you know, you, you, you lift off that, like that stressor or the set of stressors, but of course the body doesn't just bounce back the next day, even if you are a nutritional therapy practitioner <laughs> by training, right? It, it takes time because it's like, there's been all these um, projects, you know, that have been put on the back burner for so long. And now, you know, you can just imagine like trying to, you know, for, the, for all the systems of the body to start to come back online and for things to start to um, achieve homeostasis again, that, you know, in a, in a set of physiological processes that, that, that will take weeks to months. You know, it's not an overnight thing, but it is, you know, it's, it's if you can understand, you know, that relationship between alleviating the stressor and then being able to um, set yourself up for optimal health, you know, at least from that standpoint, then I think, you know, you can start to appreciate what, why it is that working with subconscious sources of stress can have an effect on physical health. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And I, I think I was, yeah, totally there with, you know, the conversations in my head. Um, and yeah, realizing that, you know, the danger, uh, that my body felt, I, I could produce that in my mind <laughs> and, um, yeah, the, the, the cell danger response. And I had been hearing about that, um, from a, a thyroid doctor that I had been listening to and, you know, he was, he was mentioning the self-talk and negative emotions um, contributing to this cell danger response, which was, you know, in his opinion, a big part of hypothyroidism because the way he explained it is the, the thyroid was deactivating, you know, the deactivating for a reason. It was an adaptive response to, to cellular stress. And so, um, yeah, when he started talking about that, that's what pretty much convinced me. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, it is the stress that I'm producing myself, not just like you said, the outside stresses. Those, those have been real in, in our life too. Um, you know, especially this last year and a half with my husband's cancer and now uh, a big transition uh back to the state but I think more significant than that was the stress I was producing in my own mind and that's that's why I wanted to do maps to deal with those things I mean you are facing very significant stresses no one would say otherwise but but it it looks like that just by alleviating some of the other subconscious levels of stress, you know, that, that we were able to see a physiological shift, you know, that's the, 
potential of neural retraining really um, that so much of that stress response can be internally generated and it's internally generated because of past experiences in life that have been painful or traumatic and that we're kind of we've kind of been wired to produce self-defeating behaviors or negative self-talk or you know uh emotional responses that are just feeding you know the stress response keeping us in a stress response um, and so and you also talked about dr balkovaj and eric balkovaj who has the thyroid answers podcast and he, he does talk a lot about cellular hypothyroidism and um, the cell danger response, um, which is a state that the cells go into when they are, you know, when we are stressed, right, there are hormones that are released. And so you can almost, you know, so these hormones are being carried throughout our circulatory system and kind of bathing all the cells in this, right? So there's this communication. Uh, you said you read The Biology of Belief and the, the other book I recommend about this is uh, Candace Pert's book, uh, The Molecules of Emotion. She's a Harvard PhD who was studying the molecules of emotion more from a pharma, pharmaceutical uh, standpoint but she realized that there are receptors for these molecules of emotion all over the body. Every single cell has receptors for these. And so our emotional states inform our cells, you know, whether we are in danger or not. So it, 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 uh, it the cell danger response basically says that cells have uh, different modes that they go into, depending on whether they think everything is, life is good and you know we should be um keeping ourselves in a state of optimal health and reproducing and eating and digesting and you know all the good things that you do when you're relaxed and um safe but when the cells are receiving ongoing signals that we are not safe then they go into that cell danger response and actually that we see that the mitochondria stop producing ATP and ATP is the energy of the cell. So if you know, you imagine the fuel of the cell is going away or it's diminishing, the production's going down, then that cell, whatever it is, whether it's an endocrine cell or, you know, a skin cell or, you know, whatever, whatever function it has in your body is now it's, its function is being also diminished. And so again, these emo habitual emotional states can sustain a cell danger response that can affect all functions of the body and the thyroid of course is one of them so um do you have any advice or any thoughts about um the map method and um who could benefit from it or you know any advice for people who might be thinking about trying mm -hmm. it yeah, well, it's hard to imagine who wouldn't benefit. <laughs> I mean, I think just about everybody could have, uh, could realize some benefit from it, though perhaps people um, do it until there's a real, you know, like with most health things, until there's a really strong uh, felt need for some relief. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think. 
right? Everybody could in some way benefit from it. As you know, I've recommended it to a lot of people that are close to me. And, um, you know, the close, the ones that are closest to me have seen a difference in, uh, in my life. And so they have been willing to try it. And I have to say the ones that have tried it, I have seen uh, a shift in them too, um, a notable shift. Um, so, uh, and, you know, for all different, uh, all different issues and health concerns. So I think, I think it, it could have, you know, benefit for, for just about everybody. I would, I would encourage people to try it. It's, it's, it's not hard. It's not painful. It's, it's passive and you just, you just receive. And, um, yeah, I can't, I can't think of any reason why somebody wouldn't try it. You know, I remember you telling me um, you had to give a talk. Gosh, was it a eulogy you had to give? And yes. you really, um, I think you, you said that your daughter, someone in your family really noticed the difference and, and you noticed the difference in yourself too and having to step up and speak, you know, to do this kind of public speaking that I think maybe would have been difficult for you in the past. Do you, do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, that was that was in January. It was my my mother's funeral, her memorial service, and um, yeah, I I was I had written a eulogy for her, and it was in some ways very easy for me to write it. The the thoughts just flowed, and I was actually almost excited to stand up there and and share my thoughts because I wanted people to know about my mom and all the lovely things about her. And I really looked forward to honoring her. So in a, in an interesting way, I was, I was actually looking forward to that eulogy and I really enjoyed it because I felt like I got to stand up and, and uh, tell everybody um, about my mom. And um, yeah, I was, it was, a, it was a, a really pleasant and beautiful experience for me. Um, but yeah, I, I'm one that tends to, in the past at least, <laughs> uh, and I still do somewhat get, get choked up quite easily. And um, I wondered how I would be able to, to do that at my, you know, give the eulogy at my mom's funeral. Um, but it was, it was wonderful. And yeah, my daughter, well, I said to my daughter, I said, did you notice? I, I didn't, I didn't cry. She said, yeah, I know this mom, you, <laughs> you always, you always break down, but um, yeah. So that was, that was a, a notable experience for me because I'd never been able to, to get through something. So I, I've done some public speaking before, but anything that's very meaningful or touching uh, has been really hard for me to do. So uh, without, you know, getting choked up or breaking down. That was a notable experience, something new for me. So I'd like to think that, you know, one of the benefits of MAP method sessions, um, and certainly we practitioners talk about this because, you know, of course we, we, we get to undergo so many, you know, is that it does, it is very, it's freeing somehow um, to, to kind of go through these sessions and kind of shed the emotional baggage of the past 
and become more connected to our authenticity. I don't know, our self-expression. You know, it's something that I observe my clients and my colleagues that as we go through the process that 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 opening, you know, that you described before, you know, that um, starts to show up in different ways. So mm-hmm. um, another lovely side benefit, I think, of working with the mind and resolving some of those traumas that have affected us, whether we know about them or don't know about them. You don't have to know what it is uh, that's affecting you in, in the moment. You just have to know sort of what, how you're being held back in your life, right? And, and that's all you need to bring to the session. You know, the subconscious mind does the rest. It figures out what the connections are and what needs to be neutralized. Yeah, I think, I think it is beneficial, you know, on, on all, all kinds of levels, whether you want to work with physical health issues or something else. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining me today, Melissa. It was really wonderful to chat with you and see you again. Yeah, thank you, Madeline. I enjoyed the conversation. And yeah, as you know, I'll be ending that to more people. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks again. Thanks for joining us for the Flourish with Neural Retraining podcast. Please listen again and remember to follow us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. To learn more about health applications of the MAP method of advanced neural retraining, visit our website, mindremapforhealth.com. To learn more about the MAP Coaching Institute, visit mapcoachinginstitute.com. Until the next time, be well and flourish. Content of this podcast copyright 2021 by Twin Cities Neural Retraining. Music by Barbara Benn.